This is Bibliobah, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband kind of, sort of, don't read any books this week. This week, we didn't read anything. We made them up instead. Yay! Welcome to Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are here with a, a kind of an odd episode. We've done it once before, but uh, you know, we're just out of free time. Yeah. It, it's it's a hectic pace out there. It's just, it makes it really hard to get anything done, like reading a book. Yeah. I mean, who has time to read a book right now? Yeah, nobody. So, so we did, in addition... Uh, Amazon workers were uh, on strike for several of the days between episodes, so we decided not to cross that particular picket line. And the libraries are all still closed. Everything is still closed. It's great. So instead, we're going to play a fun game where we're going to make up our own bad books uh, with the promise of writing them that we'll never follow through on. Uh, we've done this once before when we forgot to record an episode, and we're doing it again because it was fun then, and it'll be fun now. You're gonna like it. Stop crying and just listen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we are here with several different pieces of information. We have a game where we have several genres in an envelope, as well as some adjectives in a bowl to help us to determine what kind of book we need to create. We need to come up with a couple characters, we need to come up with a plot, we need to come up with a general summary, and then at the end, Susan is going to help us. Uh, she's she's drafted a couple... Uh, how, how would you describe them? So... You know when authors are asked to write a short blurb that will appear on the either front or back cover for a book? Yes. And they always contain approximately the same 20 words. We have some uh, blurb words on slips of paper here. And so after we come up with these um, literary innovations that we're about to create... We are going to draw two random blurb words from a hat to uh, to describe this masterpiece. Blurb words is my favorite vine viner. <laughs> All right, so we got to come up with a general plot. We got to come up with some main characters, and at the end, we'll have we'll have a blurb that describes how the critics took it. Are they all positive blurb words? Well, it kind of depends on how you take them. Oh, with milk. All right. Should we just hop into it? Yeah. Do it at just us two because two separate people declined to be involved. Lame. Lame. Finn is also here, but I don't think he'll be helping much. All right. Our first book, we're removing two adjectives in one genre. Our first book we need to come up with is a meme-driven young adult. Well, that goes together. Okay, yeah. A meme-driven young adult... Alternate history. Oh, no. Okay, so this is going to be one of those, like, 13-year-old goes back in time. Oh, like a magic Kind of situations. Yeah, and he's going to have to to change some significant point of, of history. So what time period should he go back to? Maybe he meets Johannes Gutenberg. Oh, the printing the press. The printing press. Oh, that's Perfect. Uh, and in going back to the printing press, he's going to end written language and take us back on the path of pictographs with yeah. emojis. Oh, man. 
that this really is going to be an alternate kind of history. Yeah. Does that mean that the book itself has to be written in emoji? I think that it would have to be written with emojis growing in. Yeah. In, like the amount of emojis would grow uh, throughout the narration. Like it would be yeah. very rare at the beginning mm-hmm. and get more and more common as they went. Um, what are some other, Sue, I know you're really into that meme culture. You're really tied into the internet. So what are some other memes we need to include in this one? Um, the one with the guy walking with his girlfriend and then looking back at the other. It's hot. So how would you, how would you, uh, incorporate that in this book? Ow. (laughs) Um, I would say that's going to be johannes gutenberg and traditional written english are walking hand in hand and he gets distracted by memes ah so he johannes gutenberg is the man in the middle yes and uh the written language is the the normal girlfriend yeah and he's distracted by memes or emojis 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 all right so that's that's one hot meme down now like just come up to the most up-to-date meme you know of oh no um, this is the least up-to-date meme I can think of, but remember Success Kid from, like, the early 2010s? The high schooler that exists now? Yeah. <laughs> so, I went with your most recent meme when you came up with an adult. You put me on the spot. I got scared. Oh, what? Some sort of... Improv? Anyway. <laughs> um, definitely, I think Johannes Gutenberg has to die in this alternate history okay. at the hands of a mob maybe okay and so he's about to like give a big speech to a mob and he's like no you you, you silly billies except he's german so whatever german yeah. is for silly billy uh i've got this new printing press that instead of having each letter be a its separate title like how long is that gonna take to spell stuff all i need is like an eggplant or a peach or some squirts and so he's up there and he, the crowd is getting madder and madder and then finally he's like so that's why I printed a new bible and then it cuts to the Ghanaian funeral dancers which is the most up to date meme that I know okay that's, it must be very up to date I don't know that I've seen this one it's good and like any meme I'm going to explain it to you and you're going to see why it's funny oh yeah that's exactly how that works <laughs> So, Johannes Gutenberg dies a hilarious death in this meme-driven alternate history. What's the the young adult is that he there has to take the uh, there has to be some lesson learned or like he's not like other boys that time well, travel. Well, I I think that the young adult comes primarily from the fact that our protagonist is a young is a mm. young person. He's what 13, 14 will go sure. with. Um and he's got to be like you know, he's kind of picked on. He's not the cool mm. kid in school. But then he's the one that has the ability to time travel. Like, singles him out, makes him special. Oh, yeah. And he's got all the best memes. Yeah. Because that's what kids compete over. As for any This Is Popular With The Kids kind of book, we need to make sure and get a lot of that uh, acronym lingo in there. Oh, yes. You know how everyone's saying LMAO, mm-hmm. BRB. Yeah. Um, T-T-Y-L. T-T-Y-L. T-F-N. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. A-S-L. W-T-F. That one is actually still quite used. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What, uh, I I think that that is definitely something that is going to help this book age really well. If we just throw a bunch of slang in there, that's, I mean. And references. With all of the Bibliophile books we've read, that's one thing we've learned is that slang and pop culture references 
make a book age really, really well. Yeah, and so he's just going to sit there and include all the best memes that are around. He's going to be like, listen, there's a picture of Spongebob where he's exhausted. It's hilarious. And then there's another picture of Spongebob and the words are written with every other letter in capital. Make the printing press. <laughs> Think about how long that would take to print and press. Have I ever told you why I love that meme a lot? Because it proves that language is a made up thing. Yep. Because as text, as more communication is done over text and less is done ver- or visually or, oh God, now I'm making myself sad. Uh, as less is being done face to face and more is done over text, we need to break the rules in order to address the new situation. And I really like that SpongeBob does every other letter. So you have to read it like this. <laughs> anyway, that's some nerd shit. Um, Title. Yeah, I had it in mind. Oh, okay. I want to see what you can come up with because, frankly, I need the time to think. Oh, that's really unfair. Um, I mean, going with my earlier hit meme, the, the title of it could just be the Success Kid. Success Kid. And it's kid. a picture of him as a teenager doing the little, the little fist. Nice. <laughs> I think I'm also going to go to a classic uh, long-standing meme, and it's going to be like, Never gonna gooten you up. Oh. Yeah. Gonna rickroll people. Yeah, in the book title. Yeah. But that's not the best. Anyway. That's better than mine. We'll go with it. Never up, gonna... Downvoted. Ooh, that could be a downvoted. Okay, or okay. Upvoted. I like it. So that is our meme-driven young adults alternate history. Uh... Either downvoted or never gonna Gutenberg you up. <laughs> Guten you up. <laughs> never gonna Guten you up. Never gonna print those books. <laughs> never gonna write the Bible. All right, Bible. time for a second one. No, we need to say what's the critical. Oh, oh, what's oh! The critical what do the critics reception? say about never gonna downvoted? Ooh, this book is moving and insightful. <laughs> A brilliantly ambitious tour de force. Wow. A a much bigger hit than I thought originally. Uh, Can you name two people who might be... Let's each name a critic who gave that. So who, Sue, said it was moving and insightful? Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, wow. Throwing his cherished name around. Uh, I will say the brilliantly ambitious tour de force. uh, That's going to be Jake Paul. Mm. Yeah. So, or Rick Astley, maybe got his his hands on this particular ball. All right. (laughs) So book number two, I'm going to have you draw your two. Well, actually, I just handed you two so you can draw any two that you would like. Okay. So this is a. Oh, no. A conspiracy driven erotic. Coming of age story. Oh, no. All right. (laughs) So a conspiracy driven coming of age. Sexual. Awakening. A conspiracy-driven erotic coming-of-age story. Well, there's Area 51, and you wouldn't believe the type of stuff they got in there. But Johnny, who lied about his age to join the military, got assigned to Area 51. Okay. And it's just fembots as far as the eye can see. It's just eggplant emojis and squirt emojis for days. It's just fembots and sexy aliens and sex demons as far as the eye can see. And he's got to figure out how to save the president. Oh, save the president from, like, death or from accidentally having an affair with a fembot? I don't think there's any accidentally about it. I'm going to say death by, like, uh, exhaustion. 
Oh, not okay. getting enough vitamin E. Sexual exhaustion. Yeah, sexual exhaustion. So a president, not our current one, uh, it needs to have his life saved from Area 51. And Johnny's going to have to do it. But here's the thing. Do you know it's, he's going to discover something about himself? He's 17 years old. He yeah. joined the Marines a little too early. That guy can go for days. Oh, no. And so he's going to have to kind of jump in front of the proverbial bullet okay. to save the life of the president and and take... like Wait, a, by having sex with the fembots or by having sex with the president? <laughs> Por que no los dos? <laughs> that's, our, that's the uh, the the finishing move. That's the climax, as okay. it were. Okay. Uh, I would like to pose two titles. One is just sexual awakening. The other... Johnny come lately, but come and see you, M. Very nice. What about <laughs> Area 69? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That'd be a real good one. So, who's our antagonist? Is this just a man versus... Well, it's conspiracy driven. So, it's mm-hmm. not just like man versus society. We have to get someone who really put that president in that situation. In, in, in. I feel like it's got to be um, one of those like very conservative... like mom groups mm. that are like the the moral majority like save the world kind of a thing so like pat buchanan yeah so like pat buchanan and uh oh uh joel austin oh yes joel austin yep. known for his high morals are there uh <laughs> you know tenting their fingers saying this one's gonna get him because what did the president do wrong that these guys are trying to you know kill him through sexual intercourse oh i mean there are a number of reasons why people like that would want to kill the president but let's go with um i mean he wore a tan suit instead of a black one (laughs) so the soldier needs to save the president because he wore a tan suit (laughs) what if the cover instead of being like a sexy alien was two capitol buildings so they look like boobs oh no So the soldier saves the president from uh, sex robots and demons and and all sorts of different stuff. Uh, Sounds good. I jerk off to it. Area 69. Area 69. It's been done. Critics say that Area 69 is vivid and visceral. Oh, God. (laughs) I did not like that visceral. Ooh, other critics say it is dark and searing. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, John Boehner said it's dark and searing. Yep. Uh, and Vivid and Visceral, uh, Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I have to write down cause I want to make sure we get all these together. John Boehner spelled it correctly. Thank you very much. Good job. Whereas of course, everyone's favorite Tyra. <laughs> uh, Classic book blurb writer, Tyra Banks. I, yeah. She probably even has her book blurbs ghostwritten. All right. So, our next book, if Susan wants to draw the genre, will be a celebrity-authored, speaking of which, celebrity-authored high fantasy... Memoir. (laughs) (laughs) That worked out conveniently. A celebrity-authored memoir. Celebrity-authored high fantasy memoir. So, who's going to write... What celebrity is going to write a high fantasy memoir? It's got to be like... Who played Gimli? I was just going to say the guy who played Gandalf, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen? Yeah, but Ian McKellen seems too grounded. The guy who played Gimli would maybe just like... Um, oh, that's going to Or Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Because he'd have more than just Lord of the Rings to talk about. He's done yeah. He's done other things. Okay. So yeah, Andy, and Ian McKellen, not known for his, his film roles. Well, yeah, but you said he was too grounded. That's true. 
Andy Serkis has done other things that are in the like fantasy realm. Mm, he's been a chimpanzee. He was in uh he was in a Star War, right? Was he? Yeah, he was he was in one of the most recent ones. Was um, he Snoke? The middle one, yeah, he was Snoke. Ah. So Andy Serkis, uh Snoke him if you got him. Possible Snoke title. Snoke him if you got him. Does the noise in my head snoke you? <laughs> um High fantasy memoir, huh? Yeah. So Annie Sarkis is secretly insane. Parody. Secretly? <laughs> Parody. Okay. Jokes. Uh, and so he comes out with a novel or comes out with a memoir where, you know, he only could do Gollum so good, do that lizard man Gollum that we all hate so much. Uh, so good because of the troll that's underneath his very real bridge. Oh, okay. And he had magic. Magic powers that are really yeah. allowing him to embody these characters and not just really expensive CGI. Yeah, the okay. tennis balls are just orbs. They're not actually <laughs> little, or ping pong balls. They're just small orbs. Okay, so this is going to be his, like, I'm going to tell the truth moment. Yeah. Okay. He's he's afraid that he's going to get kicked out of Hollywood forever, but he said, I had a good run. I've played both Gollum and Snoke mm-hmm. and a chimpanzee. I mean, really, what more can you ask for from a career? To appear on stage at an award show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. But he knows that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe this ties back into the last book. There's some type of conspiracy against <laughs> Some kind him. of sex conspiracy. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's something in the last name, Circus. It yes. is my circus, but it's not my monkeys. Ooh. Every celebrity memoir has to have a really long title. Yes, they are. Except for there are a few exceptions, and those are mostly good memoirs. But yeah, many of them are extremely long. I, I'm sure you're thinking of Steven Tyler's Does the Noise in My Head Bother You? What? <laughs> or the one that. I made you read by a former Bachelorette contestant. That was more interesting at first because it was like, here's you, here's how terrible this terrible show is. And I said, yes, I know. Thank you. Okay, would we li- would you like to hear what the critics ha- have I, to say I would about Ian Circus? To hear about. Oh, okay. Um, Ian McKellen says <laughs> that Andy Circus's memoir is fizzling with intelligence. Oh, wow. That's that's. I don't like the the fizzling and intelligence. That doesn't sound very nice. And who says this next one, Mick? I don't know. What's it say? Ingenious and original. Peter Jackson. Oh, okay. He, he, Andy Serkis has very few friends. Yeah. It's really sad. They're only people that he interacted with on his movies because they're the only people that know the secret about the trolls. No, they're the only people that have not just given up on him for his insane beliefs. It's not true. It's a fictional memoir, (laughs) as are most memoirs. Can we get into why I don't like memoirs? Sure. Tell us more, Mick. Also, I don't like Confederacy dances. I have to say that at least once a week or else I go crazy memoirs there's two types of memoirs there's a memoir where it's like there's been this theme all throughout my life that i can track from first grade on and all that sort of stuff it's like bullshit no there's not you live your life and you learn some lessons and slowly but surely the world kind of gets you into a lane and or maybe you do yourself and then you're like oh cool i'm in this lane so you're lying if you say that there was one overarching theme and then there's the other kind of memoir that is Here's a bunch of stuff that happened to me. And to that I say, who cares, Steven yeah. Tyler? Why would I want to read about this? 
Because I'm, maybe you're a huge Aerosmith fan. I almost said Guns N' Roses, and then I caught myself just in time, because that's not the one. I think Guns N' Roses fans might enjoy Steven Tyler's autobiography, since they also have had their brains ruined by cocaine. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so, Susan, we got a couple more adjectives to go here. All right, this next book, oh <laughs> no, is a lazily researched spiritual or religious historical fiction jesus uh gets bodyguards jesus bodyguards yeah so isn't that sort of what the apostles were that's what i was gonna say the (laughs) apostles are jesus's bodyguards uh and then when moses comes around to talk to jesus oh yes moses and jesus yeah he is like, Jesus, bud, bro, you gotta, you know, stick the the Ten Commandments uh, in your robe. Yeah, like, and then he said, where do I find the Ten Commandments? And he's like, well, you're gonna walk around, you're gonna see a bush that's on fire, yeah. and you're gonna have to um, it's turn awkward. wine into water to put the fire out, and then you'll find the, the Ten Commandments underneath the bush. Isn't it always awkward when you run into your parents when you don't mean to? <laughs> So the Ten Commandments, I think this would be like the climax of the uh, the the book because it's kind of like in, in A Few Dollars More, or Fistful of Dollars, when Clint Eastwood puts like the uh, piece of the furnace underneath his poncho, and then uh, when the guy shoots him in the heart, it doesn't kill him because it hits the furnace. Do you want to know what I really appreciate about you when we do this podcast is that you make references that you know I'm going to get because it really just adds to the banter that we can have. All right, I'll make references <laughs> only Susan can get. So in this book, actually, so you can't make any references because I won't get any of them. <laughs> so now I don't get to do either of the things. I don't get to make references or jokes. Oh, because that's exactly what. So anyway, this is a lot like Jane Austen, uh, in that it's a book. That's as much as I know about Jane Austen. <laughs> it's a book. There's some Little Women in it. That's Louisa May Alcott. Uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming was a memoir. <laughs> so anyway, like the movie most people know about or have seen, in a fistful of dollars, Clint Eastwood puts a furnace piece under his poncho so that when the bad guy shoots him in the heart, it doesn't kill him. It's also played for laughs in, let's say it together, Back Airplane. to the Future Part 3. <laughs> So, Jesus puts the Ten Commandments underneath his robes so that when Caesar, Julius Caesar, who was the Caesar when Jesus was alive, he wasn't, but that's the Um, Excuse me, it's pronounced Kaiser. Yeah. When Julius Caesar uh, came to kill Jesus, uh, it turns out that with the Ten Commandments in Jesus's robe, he was able to divert the katana. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You got any jokes you want to say about this? Okay, so we have many books in both the Old and the New Testament that we can pull from for a title here. So what are we going to go with? Jesus, Bodyguard, Moses, Ten Commandments. What is it called? The Apostles' Apollo Creed. (laughs) Um, The Acts of Ruth Chris. Apocalypse Now. Apostle... Mission Apostle. Mission Apostle. Mission Apostle. There it is. All right, Nick, do you want to hear what the critics had to say about Mission Apostle? Yes. They said that it is 
lyrically haunting. Oh, lyrically haunting. Uh, Ken Chesney is not known for his... Kenny Chesney. I'm familiar with him. He's Ken to me. Kenny Chesney is not really known for his uh, writing in any sense of the word. Uh, but he is known True. for his terrible religious beliefs, I'm willing to bet. Probably, yeah. He did sing a song one. that says, everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody want to go now. Didn't he also do Accidental Racist? Probably. No, I think that was Toby Keith, wow. who is more terrible. Put a boot in your ass. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, Mary Magdalene says that this <laughs> wow. book's razor sharp wit is truly magical. Mary Magdalene from distance. <laughs> they couldn't get anybody more respectful, respectable than Mary Magdalene to uh, give the quote. Well, you know, she was Jesus's sister, so really had to go to the source. <laughs> oh, this is a lazily researched joke again. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, Jesus, I thought it was supposed to be his wife. Well, not according to the Protestants. Yeah. Or but, maybe... but according to the Catholics? Yeah. I don't think You know either. the Catholics, they really have a lot of EU Well, that's true. Knowledge. It's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> All right, next up. Okay. It is a first-person present coming of age. We both did coming of age. Cozy murder mystery. Cozy murder mystery. A first-person present coming of age. It's a church lock-in. Oh, I love it. What were you going to say? I was going to ask what characters have quirky job titles, but oh. a one is definitely a youth pastor. Yeah. It's a cozy murder mystery that takes place in a in a church lock-in. Okay. I guess we're just going after Faith directly Yeah, tonight. apparently we are. Who's going to die during this church lock-in? Satan, you know. Brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then All who right. did it? The youth pastor. I thought it was Satan. <laughs> Satan killed Satan at the church lock-in. Let's not put it at a church lock-in. Yeah, yeah that's just... going to get a little weird. Yeah. Uh, cozy murder mystery, coming, coming of, of age. age. And what was the first one? First person present. Ah, uh, first person present. Everyone, especially Mick's favorite writing style. Yeah. Um, coming of age can mean a lot of things. I don't think it necessarily has to be like a YA book. She could be like... 18, just graduated high school, striking out on her own, gets a job in a quirky little town and a quirky little shop. All right. What kind of shop? Um, I think it's gotta be, I think she's like, let's see, where, okay, I need you to help me out here. Where is this quirky little town? Give me some context. Well, you wouldn't believe this, but it's small. Uh-huh, of course. Despite having several rich families in it. Of course. Uh, but not small enough to not have, you know, nothing in it. Because mm, so, it's got quirky little shops. Yeah. So let's have it like Schitt's Creek level small town where yeah. supposedly no one lives there and there's nothing, but there's like a grocery store and several bars. Yeah, that's not even a small town, guys. It's not a small town. If you have a grocery store, you're living in the burbs. So she works at one of those stores that sort of like the catch-all. They sell a lot of Hallmark cards and gifts that you might get someone that you don't know very well. Um, also a good place to go and get your, your little collectibles. Um, I'm thinking of there was a store like this in my hometown called Oceans of Notions. Wow. So that, that's going to be our setting. Uh, main character got a, got a job at Oceans of Notions. Oceans of Notions, uh, the murder. Who died? Um, I think the great aunt of the owner of Oceans of Notions. 
All right. It's less macabre if it's like a really old lady. So this also is playing up the uh, the small town where everybody's related to each other, and you're supposed to know that for some reason, mm-hmm. despite the fact that nobody tells you. Exactly. Sorry, I'm just I'm just burning off a little bit of frustration in that having moved into a small town and being expected to know all of this anyway <laughs> oceans of notions the owner's great aunt dies by um arsenic poisoning arsenic poisoning all that old lace around yep i mean she's an old lady of course she's gonna have some old lace so arsenic poisoning do the police believe do they have any leads do they believe it's anybody do they think you know the police are looking very skeptically at the shop owner because she was she is going to inherit ah. from the old aunt. But main character really likes shop owner. And main character's name is? Wants to help her out and, uh, and prove her innocence. She doesn't believe that she did it. Main character's name is uh, Delaney Price. Delaney Price. And the owner of Oceans of Notions? Um... Ms. Jessica, uh, Ms. Jessica Blue. Jessica Blue. It's like I'm in a a clue game. Right. So Delaney Price wants to prove Ms. Jessica Blue's innocence. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, she needs to strike out separate from the cops, uh, but can't let her... Uh, anybody know so in her first person present she needs to come of age during this so what it, what sort of like big life lesson does she does she learn as she uh solves this mystery well she's learning to be independent and how to navigate the world on her own and she winds up taking over some more of the duties of the <laughs> shop while miss jessica blue is indisposed so she really learns to she's be independent pooping? and at the end she decided she's going to open up her own business. Oh, wow. A competitor. Yes. What What a thanks. It's going to be called... C's C- and Degrees. That's, I was trying to come up with something with C's. <laughs> the Mediterranean of Pediterranean. Well, we can't move on to critics yet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Who did it? Um. Also, she learns a lot about how, like, capitalism is bunk and the police aren't your friends. Of course. Yeah. Those are very important lessons in a coming-of-age story. I think the person who did it was another old lady. <gasps> and she was trying to settle a rivalry from 50 years ago when they were both in high school together. In the the great Anne was only 60? Or no, seven, uh, 78, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's our great aunt Oceans of Notions murder mystery called? Um, if I had said she was killed by something other than arsenic, I would have gone with Oceans of Potions mm. or Notions of Potions. I'll be back, but it's A-I-S-L-E. I'll mm, be back. Okay, okay. I can do it. has got to be some sort of pun on the, the store. I like that. I'll be back. Would you like to hear what the critics have to say about I'll be back? I sure would. It is a cracking good yarn. Very good for a cozy murder mystery. It if really only is. there is a murder, uh, you know. And if that. only it was a knitting murder mystery. Really that weird about even better. Really weird about this one. Barack Obama said that. Oh man. 
He's just getting crazy now that he's not the president anymore. Yeah. Oh, and then Narrowly Michelle avoided. Obama had a different take on it. She called it a dazzlingly tragic masterpiece. Wow. Uh, you know why both the Obamas commented? Why is that? Because it was by their, their daughter. Oh, Sasha or No, Maria. Malia. Okay. <laughs> Whichever one he said I was going to say. Anyway. So, uh, I'll be back by Malia Obama. Love uh, it. Really young for an author, but, you know. She's making she's waves, man. She's got a lot man. of support. Michelle Obama, best-selling author of Beloved. No. Becoming. Becoming. Anyway. Okay. Last one, Mick. Last one. Thank God we're almost through. All right. All righty. Let's talk about our... Postmodern, post-apocalyptic, hard-boiled crime thriller. Oh no! Postmodern and post-apocalyptic. So you know who the main character is? Yeah, tell me. Post Malone. <laughs> so Post Malone uh, exits the his COVID nineteen bunker in a in a cloud of patchouli and weed. <laughs> uh, looks around and realizes he's one of the only people left in L.A. Hey. L.A., a great town for noir. Yes. Hard-boiled crime. So Post Malone is kind of coming out, and you know what he has to solve? Who? who what, a post who? office mystery? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he does have to perform a post-mortem. But he has to figure out who's responsible for Atlas 5G that killed all those people with COVID-19. Oh, you're right. Is the 5G. And it goes all the way to the top of several buildings because there's satellite dishes up there. Mm-hmm. Man, this is going to be a really tough mystery for Post Malone to, to figure out. As are most things for Post Malone. <laughs> yeah. Um, is he going to find comrades who also have a bunch of tattoos on their faces? Yeah. Um, he's going to start off this book being really out of it, you know, this character arc. Yeah. He's going to start, like, very powerless, very confused, very in the dark, but by the end, he'll be better now. <laughs> He's going to reach a, a point of the story where he keeps finding leads, but then going back to a previous thing and finding new leads and then going back to the same previous thing. And it's like he's going in circles. He's just going in circles when you think about it. Thus concludes the two songs by Post Malone, I know. I know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, there's one called Psycho. If you can make a joke mm -hmm. out of that, I think. Well, I don't it, know. It if, would take a psycho. I do don't it. know if that's Post Malone or not. hundred percent though. Uh, Sweet But Psycho is not Post Malone. That's I can not tell you Post that. Malone. That's a different kind of post. <laughs> what kind of post is that? <laughs> the cereal? Yeah. Fence? Yep. Fence post. Mail? <laughs> what is... <gasps> no. What? Do you know what it is? What? It's that the the at the end the whole conspiracy of the the L.A. Noir conspiracy driven crimes that were committed is that the five G corporations all you like it was started to start COVID nineteen and kill all these people to end the world so that they could privatize the post office. Oh, I guess yeah. what it's working. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, just like Who Framed Roger Rabbit is actually yeah. about the interstate. Is it? Yeah. About the Cloverleaf. A very real Cloverleaf conspiracy is a very real story yeah. from history. You should look it up. It's it's amazing and terrible. Uh, capitalism is not your friend. And uh, that now the COVID-19 uh, 5G mystery is to privatize the post office. Uh, so we've got Post Malone in a post office post- uh, Postmodern, post-apocalyptic. Postmodern, post-apocalyptic. What's postmodern about it? Um... I mean, he's going to wind up in a museum. There's going to be a lot of postmodern art. He's going to be listening to uh, 
different versions of hit songs on postmodern jukebox. Now, now, I don't think you know what postmodern means. I do. I just couldn't come up with anything. So I just went with everything that I could think of that was postmodern. Post Malone is the uh, main character. Yeah. But the narrator, the the Watson to Post Malone's Holmes, Mm -hmm. was also in the bunker with him, was a mumble rapper whose name I can't think of. The only one I know is Juice World and uh, (laughs) Lil Wayne. He's dead. Lil Wayne is not a mumble (laughs) rapper. He's from a very long time ago. But anyway, it's a mumble rapper, some SoundCloud mumble rapper. And what makes it postmodern is that it is written entirely in mumble. Like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, he's getting out of that bunker. Smells like weed. You know, sugar me. And then, so you're like basically muddling through the entire novel, and it's a challenge to actually figure out what's going on because you can't understand the narrator and what they're saying. And anytime you bring that up, people are like, "Uh, literature styles change, and you have to get with it. You're just old." What is this going to be called? This is going to be called Sam's Club. <laughs> I don't think so. I was just gonna go with post. Yeah, but I think that's too much big of a clue into the the eventual twist. I also thought going postal, but that, that has a different meaning. Yeah. So what if we have? It's called after. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Displays. <laughs> like displays. <laughs> um. Okay. Ooh, I love these. Um, the first review of this book says that it is sinister, gritty, and menacing. Wow, that's some good words that Megan Thee Stallion should really put into her <laughs> songs. Oh, and her uh, her counterpart in the Savage Remix, Beyonce, called this wickedly clever. Wow, wickedly clever, Beyonce. Glad to hear about it. Uh, so... Now with these all tucked away, I'm going to spend the rest of my life photoshopping covers to them and writing none of which one, uh, which one do we think we'd most like to, to see in a, uh, actual book and act, which one of these would you be most interested in, uh, picking out for me when the, the libraries reopened? Would you have Snokem If You Got Him by Andy Serkis? Uh, also titled it it is my circus, but it's not my monkey by Andy Serkis. <laughs> uh, would you rather have... Uh, never gonna gooten you up. Uh, the Magic Treehouse alternate history meme focused. Uh, would you have the conspiracy driven Area sixty nine? Uh, coming of age erotic. You like novel? that one a little too much. Ooh. Uh, what I think has a, probably our best title, Mission Apostle. As the best title. Uh, the the lazily researched uh, Jesus story. Then we, uh, finishing it up, we've got the cozy mi- murder mystery, I'll Be Back by Malia Obama. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the crime, uh, hard-boiled crime post-thriller, the post-hard, post-boiled, post-crime post-thriller, This Boys. I would have a really hard time choosing between This Boys and Snowcomb if you got them. Wow. Those are the two that... I would definitely get you Mission Apostle. You would? Yes. Yeah. I think that I think that's fitting though. I think that would be a, the right bibliobile book for me. I think one of these two would be the right bibliobile book for not, you. Not Snokem if you got them. <laughs> I think that. it'd be pretty great. What do you think about it? What do you think about it? I don't think it'd be very what good. What do you think at about it? I think it'd be pretty great. No. <laughs> anyway, I hope you all have enjoyed 
the literature that we have brought to the masses tonight. Yeah, what we really are saying is please give us a book deal. Now that we've read bad books, it automatically makes us good at writing. Definitely. That's exactly how that works. Very creative, very practiced in improv comedy, uh, very bored. That's a big help. Yeah. Very lonely. Oh, <laughs> hey, I'm here. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> we are lonely. I uh, hope you guys are doing okay out there. I know both of you <laughs> are probably living it up. So we will see you back in two weeks when we get over ourselves. Oh, do you want to discuss the, the possible theme to next week? Next episode. Ooh, so we do have books on the docket that we can download when we're ready. I've actually already ordered mine, so I'm going to have to read it at some point. But we've been thinking about taking a small detour, and instead of reading those books, go for a little walk around our neighborhood and get our books from... The little lending libraries we've got there. So it'd yeah. be like a little uh, scavenger hunt. We have, I can call to mind... Three within about a half mile of our house. Most of them polka stops. Um, so we're gonna go for a little walk and we are gonna see what treasures the neighborhood has to offer us. I do think though that the point of the little free libraries is that you take a book, leave a book. Mm. So I think that when we go pick out our books, we should have to bring one of the bibliophile books that we unfortunately own. Now, here's the thing. Number one book I'd be happiest to get rid of will be Obama's America. No, that one has to stay with us. We can't yeah. let that evil out into That the world. is what truly needs to be quarantined, yeah. is Obama's America. So yeah. I think we might have to take X Heroes, and I'm not giving up Aqualad. No, we got it. You need to read Aqualad. I read Aqualad oh, okay, meets Bigfoot. Um, that's a good one. We're going to keep that one. We have probably half a dozen cozy murder mysteries or bodice rippers i think we can mm, get rid of one of those true. maybe someone will be happy to read it we, we can't take know. magical christmas cat because you have to read that next year oh good great anyway, anyway jinx uh my name has been is and will can probably continue to be mick Dickinson. you can find me on twitter at dicky ma i'm at on twitter at susan j that's s with three u's s-a-n-j the intro music to our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Good night, Matt. Night, Dave. Charles. Night, Michelle. <laughs>